Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Snapshot episode 43. I'm Brendan Patrick, joined always by Marvel Snap Phenom Cam Best. Cam, how was your week in Marvel Snap? Twitch drops number two. Yeah. yeah. That that is how that is how my week in Marvel Snap was. I just played Marvel Snap and then I 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 and then I played a little bit more Marvel Snap. Uh it was exhausting. It was phenomenal. It was rewarding. I uh one of the things I think about Twitch drops a lot of the time is that it really mostly benefits the streamers who are like first in the category or mm-hmm. second in the category during whatever time slot, right? And I never really thought that would be me. But thanks to TwitchCon, a lot of the other people in my time slot were not there. And so I was able to just be the top person in the Marvel Snap category during a time like that. And that was a crazy amount of attention, <laughs> a crazy amount of people to manage. And I am grateful for that i i do worry that twitch drops are a little bit uh top heavy if that makes sense yeah the people who get the biggest boost from them are the people who need that the least but i don't really have a better idea but it's it's a a positive impact i mean it's a tried and true system at least to boost viewership whether that boosts retention Mm -hmm. it probably percolates down to retention let's be real there is a non-zero factor um that is good for the game and the reason why it is top heavy is because a lot of twitch drops is it is farming people do farm for those switch drops there's websites where you can do it all that stuff and you know those websites just tend you just pick the biggest one you're like okay get my twitch drops good to go but i do think um, like I said, non-zero amount of new eyes, new people, um, and exposure to um, to streams that may have not had it before. But like you said, I remember I remember looking at Twitch uh, when Twitch, when Twitch drops was going on and seeing some of those people at the top in that six thousand, eight thousand range. Like that that is a number that at frequent parts at frequent times during the day is actually encapsulates the entire entire Marvel Snap category to put in perspective. More than yeah. I would say. Yeah, it is it is a wild thing. How was um so how was your experience compared to the first uh iteration of Twitch drops? I just devoted myself to this one more, I think. And there's also more time in this one. In the previous one, it was just like, you know, do your Twitch drops. And then, you know, the the first day was like the really, really, really big day. But this one is like an extended event. And so it's been just like, you know, a nine hour stream and then four seven hour streams. And that's basically what I've done, which is like almost two normal weeks worth crammed into a week. Yeah, I remember last time you unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, you had to go to Hong Kong uh, to cast to cast that event. Um, so at least this time you sort of you got a full round of it. But yeah, I'm happy mm-hmm. that they're com- uh, they seem committed to doing this. I mean, it it uh, it gets a good reception from the creators. It's a way to support your creators on Twitch, and it seems to be successful. Um, you know, Marvel Snap is a game that's based around upgrading your cards, getting new variants, things like that, and it just it seems like it's. You know, this just goes hand in hand with that. So Twitch drops number two, successful. Thumbs up. Yes, do it again. <laughs> happy for it. All right. Well, something else happened this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm always happy when what's effectively happening is people are being paid to watch my stream. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm, keep doing that. <laughs> keep, I like subsidies. 
Yeah, that that's a good value prop right there. Another thing happened this week. Mm-hmm. Black Knight released it. Was a one-two set. After you discard a card, add the Ebony Blade to your hand. With that card's power, once per game, and Ebony Blade was a four-zero. You and I talked quite a bit about this card. Uh, theory crafting it. We were a bit low on it at the time, at least in theory crafting. We talked about you know the high roll, what you could potentially do. Uh, but ultimately, in terms of what what makes decks good in Marvel Snap didn't seem to really have the components of that. How do you feel about Black Knight sort of post-release now being able to have a chance to play with it? I think it's actually better than I thought, but that's not a ringing endorsement in the sense of like, I still probably wouldn't go out and buy it. I think by the time it ends up being actually good, it'll probably be back in boxes. I know it's going to be in boxes in December alongside some other interesting cards. And I think right now, the spotlight cash cards alongside it are pretty marginal. Spending 6,000 tokens on it is definitely a no. And so it's very hard for me to find a situation where someone who is not a whale should be getting this card. Mm-hmm. It is unfortunate because like if this was a card that w- if it wasn't so expensive, right, if there was like a way to acquire this card that wasn't so punishing, it's the kind of card that could really do with some experimentation and I know multiple people in the top 200 have been playing Black Knight decks like it's not trash, but it's like because it's so limited in terms of the kind of person who should get it, it might not get the kind of experimentation it needs until it runs around back into the boxes. Yeah, and we spoke to uh, lead game designer, principal game designer, actually, Glenn Jones on this podcast um, a while ago, and I'm pretty sure he said that they don't uh base series off of power like that is not that is not Mm -hmm. the goal whether whether or not that actually happens you know i mean tinfoil hat whatever i don't know what people are thinking these days but um you know a card like black black knight probably would have been better placed at at a lower a lower price probably maybe like a series four initially like series five is it's a lot it's a lot to dish out i feel like most people at least this is how the previous iteration of the system was and i think it's been extrapolated till now um if there's a card that comes out of series five that card's got to be busted for you to pick it up we're just gonna wait yep that's pretty much that's the issue like if you release just a good card at that price point it becomes sort of like, well, why would I do that then? Because the average player, if you're a free-to-play player, you get 6,000 tokens twice a year. So you can only use those on the two best cards in the pool, which unless you're doing massive power creep, there's a bunch of cards that are like good that deserve experimentation that just get left behind because of this. Lady Deathstrike is an example of how this works, right? And I think a lot of people try to look at this and be like, yo, it's because the people aren't creative enough. It's because content create. I see this a lot. It's like uh, content creators say it's bad so people don't try. It's not that. It's just that it's not good enough to buy. That's so funny. Right? That's so funny, Cam, because I feel like I see the literal opposite where content creators say that shit cards are good and then people buy there them is, and, get, some of that. and they get pissed off. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. There I is get- some of that, but like I, I see I see it like there's a specific type of take that bugs me where it's like someone is like, oh, well, it's the community is just not creative enough. Yeah, that happens They're too in busy card net game. decking. Like, it's like, shut up, man. Shut up. Dude. It's not it's not their fault that this costs $10 million or it's not their fault that given the choice between buying Lady Deathstroke and buying Jeff, they bought Jeff. That's the correct decision, right? Like, it's it's a question of the economy the game is in. 
right? Yeah. Like it, it's not it's not like oh the community just doesn't have an appetite for experiments with Lady Deathstrike. It's like no, they can't fucking afford it. Yeah, that's a that's a copian that actually transcends card games. Um, so it's happening in Flesh and Blood right now. Like the most recent set wasn't the most impactful. There are some impactful cards, but there's particularly three new heroes introduced that are uh, just not the power level of the top heroes, and they're they're nuanced. They're definitely nuanced. You don't see them be like I know exactly what to do with that hero. So you know we're a couple weeks into the set and every there's always this um this sort of what would you what do you call that whenever people will say this about the hero they'll say uh you know it's not that good yet it it looks pretty bad but you know maybe it's just too complicated people just haven't figured it out yet and you're like "Mm, yeah i don't know about that or it's bad (laughs) or or maybe it's just a giant pile of but like something with black knight like black knight lady deathstrike these are not like overly complicated cards their power is like pretty clear right what they do is pretty good it's just they're pretty good and instead of getting them people get cards that are great and like that's that's just how it is right like unless you're a mondo whale i don't think you're supposed to pick this card up because even the even if the decks it plays that 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 like i see being played are good and i think they're like okay right but like even if the decks that i see being played are good there's probably a better option. So why would you not play the better option, right? Why would you spend 6,000 tokens for the worse option? And like, that's, there's their cards that are going to fall by the wayside because of that. And I think Black Knight actually is one of those cards that's like, okay, you know, if, if enough people had this, maybe it would go somewhere. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. But it is constrained by the price point. Yeah. And it's definitely not doing Loki things. I'll tell you that. Um, official leader, right? Official- it, it, something has to be like super broken, right? It, that's when it's good to pick it up. And so that's like that's the other thing, right? Because when something is good to pick it up, everyone jumps on it, and then everyone's like, "Oh, why do people play this so much?" It's like, well, what else are they gonna play? That's where they spent their tokens. Like, what do, what do you want them to do? Not play the Eliath they just got? Like, mm-hmm. come on. I feel like every every card, if, at least until we see something happen to Elsa, is gonna be filtered through the context of like there is basically yes. a two eleven in the format. <laughs> like that's just yep. it's just crazy. Um, so official leaderboard launched. Uh, you can actually go look at the leaderboards. They they separated out on regionality. If you want to see that, I uh, mm-hmm. just want to get your thoughts because you compete on the leaderboard frequently you're grinding the didn't leaderboard. even notice didn't even know it but it's cool though it's it's a cool thing they found the, it, sure actually is it cool or should they just had it on launch they probably should have had it on launch but i don't know either one it's just like sure yeah i mean i have a number by my name that's what i that's what i care about yeah i think it's better for those like we talked about with like the you know obviously this is a tangent from the original subject of twitch drops but for those newer content creators that are trying to break in uh, if you are able to grant the leaderboard get up to those high numbers like now other people can see it right it's not just like hey tune in my stream then you see the numbers so uh, it does help them in that way uh, and it's, it's cool to see it's cool to see the top 10 players recognize some names i know a lot of a lot of top players I know don't go by their names anymore. They're all meme names. <laughs> you guys like you guys literally all changed your names to like some just random. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, okay, and we got a big bend and snap section this week. I mean, it's actually crazy. I do a few podcasts. Uh, that should that's probably no secret. None of them come close in terms of engagement questions. Like, I mean, people are engaging with each other in our comment sections. We go actually like it's 
Very insightful, too. So we appreciate that a lot. Podcasting phenom, Brendan Patrick. <laughs> Honestly, no. Uh, Fan-based phenom, snapshot listeners, because, I mean, they hit us with Ooh. a lot of stuff to talk about, to be honest. Like, it's great. Fan-based phenom, but both are spelled with a PH. Yeah, PH. <laughs> All yeah. right, first one. Um, uh, Mahamo Tactical says, Hope that SC doesn't address Elsa in the same way they did Loki. By nerfing all the cards around it, making a bunch of the Agree. of other fine decks worse in the crossfire. It's a really bad look for cards only accessible by purchase. We talked about this a little bit with Loki. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, yeah, of course, I agree with that. <laughs> well, there, there, so there is a statement that we are taking as true, okay. there, which is that they are actually nerfing cards all around it rather than actually addressing the problem, which I think might not be a controversial opinion right now, but it would have been. You know, maybe a couple weeks ago, it was like, mm. do you think that they, do, I mean, you think I just, do you think they're beating around the bush, not hitting Loki or Elsa? I think they objectively did with Loki. Mm-hmm. Like they very objectively did beat around the bush there. Uh, but like previously, they haven't, right? Like they nerfed Zabu at the earliest possible opportunity. They nerfed Silver Surfer at the same time. And like that's actually the time frame we're kind of in right now, right? Like, in that that time frame people think of it as like a very early nerf but we aren't we aren't five weeks out from elsa release yet you know Mm -hmm. like we're in the middle of zabu season it's just now we actually have the ability to you know advocate for something to happen so you know i don't necessarily think that but like keep in mind again like silver surfer plus three had the highest win rate they ever tracked in glenn's tenure and they just left it there for like a month. <laughs> it was a so it was like a pretty this, good card. Can confirm. Did get a chance to play so with like, it. Like you're talking about Elsa. It's like Elsa. Oh wow, that's like a two. That's like a two eleven. It's like all right. Well, what what if we had a three eighteen? What if we, what if we had like a three twenty one? You know what I mean? Like it was it was one of those kind of situations where it's like all right, this card is super messed up, and it's usually a three eighteen, and it was just there for like two months. So like I, I don't. I don't know if it's so much that like they beat around the bush so much as they're just willing to see how changing context changes things. But yeah, you know, obviously I'd rather they nerf other stuff than Elsa. Uh, but uh, to be clear, they already nerfed Kitty Pride in advance of Elsa. Mm-hmm. And I think the interesting thing is like the cards that surround Elsa, the context that makes her strong. It's like Jeff, Kitty Pride, Nightcrawler, Vision. Outside of those cards, I honestly think she's pretty balanced. It's just those cards are also really strong. So obviously I would nerf Elsa, but I also think that the fact that it's like it's literally Jeff and Kitty, right? Like what what changes are you going to make to those cards to make giving them three power not awesome? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like what are you going to do to those cards to make that not awesome? Like with with Loki, you get it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes you can sense. You be right? like, all mm-hmm. right. Yeah, like I, I what we're going to do is we're going to hit the big power stat stick of the collector, right? We're going to we're going to make we're going to release Mobius so that they don't get all the energy sheet anymore. Like it's it's kind of fine, right? And like you could see that now with the Loki Elsa decks, they're very much like Elsa decks more than they are Loki decks. And so you end up in this situation where like the Loki stuff, you get it. But like with Elsa, I mean, I don't know how you do anything other than change her. I don't know how you lead a design process that comes to the conclusion it is something other than her. With Loki, I get how you can do it. I just think it would be the wrong decision. With Elsa, it's like, I don't understand how you could look at the situation and be like, you know what? It's actually it's actually vision. That's the problem. Mm. 
Yeah. All right. Well, this is this is a, this is a kind of a follow up question. It comes from Michael uh, Ellum, and they say, with all the nerfs going around as of late, are there any card buffs that, in your opinion, could help flatten out the meta? We talked about one last week, actually. Arrow. We said maybe bring back Arrow, bring back some some derivative of old Arrow. What comes to mind for you, Cam? Uh, some buffs that you could give to cards that would help equalize where we currently are. Equalize where we currently are i mean i don't do you really want that do you want us to equalize elsa is that what do you want more cards like that? i don't think we want to equalize where we current like i don't think we want to buff other cards to this level mm. i don't think that's the solution this is not like the mr burns all your diseases are you know fighting each other and that's actually saving your life because they're all deadlocked kind of thing Wait, that's what, not what we don't this, want to be what is this that. reference I'm, you I'm, don't know that one i'm not even gonna pretend like because you know sometimes i'll just you know i'll let it go but that one went over hit my head hit me hit. okay so there's like an episode of the simpsons where mr burns is diagnosed with like you know 40 different diseases mm -hmm. but his body is kept preserved through like the equilibrium they have all achieved between like they're all fighting each other basically so like the that that is instead of instead of being incredibly sick he ends up in perfect health given despite the fact that he has like 40 deadly diseases because they're all just like fighting each other okay makes and sense. that is that is what we don't want <laughs> Marvel snap we don't want like a bunch of elsas we want no elsas that's just power creep marvel snap is interesting though because you can dynamically power like re-power creep the old cards right which is not really what mm. happens in something like magic um i mean if we don't see a change to something like elsa loki stone is that the answer i mean they're probably going to nerf elsa it's such a it's such an easy nerf too they just chop off i don't even think they changed the plus x power they just chop off the body um probably like two zero but we'll see uh so i'm kind of wondering at this point i used to be a let's let's put it a two zero guy but now i'm kind of wondering like all right can we just like can we just like put her to give plus two, please? Like, can oh, we just? Yeah, we talked about the we talked about what we think what we thought was our Ugh. was our solution. It would be plus two point five. I'm I'm getting there. I'm definitely getting towards like, oh man, that plus two is a little bit iffy, and that. Yeah, well, first let's call it for shits and gigs. What is a card do you think that we could buff that would actually sort of shake up this metagame? in a reasonable way bring back old galactus i can see it I, like, yeah it's like you have to do something like that like it would have to be it would have to be galactus that was actually the thing i was thinking of it's like like what would you do to to hurt this like deck that is meant to be like you know it's a setup deck right it's a setup deck that usually doesn't have priority and can very often play for that right like it's a yeah you'd bring back galactus that's what she would do all right this question comes from adam seven 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 four sevens um they say they need to make quite a bit more cards that win by you having priority because priority is never taught in the game it is only ever learned by pattern recognition or by watching videos about it what do they teach players what do they, what do they teach players is to win two locations and win the game so players are naturally going to try to stay ahead uh try to get ahead and stay ahead the entire match so cards that reward that should be available. Uh, so I think what Adam is saying is that there should be more cards like, I guess, in in, in the likeness of what used to be the bounce deck that actually... Uh, no, no, no. I think he's saying there should be more Eliaths. Eliaths? Okay. Do you agree with that? 
Uh, I agree it's a niche that should probably be filled. It's just hard to create a card that rewards having priority by something other than winning the game immediately, right? Like, that's the issue. The closest they got to that is Arrow, right? Old Arrow. Mm -hmm. But too often, because of Wave, she was, you win the game immediately. So, like, when you talk about rewarding having priority, my question to be would be, can you come up with a version of a card that rewards having priority that does not read win the game immediately when you have priority? Mm. Because all of them previously have been this. They've, they've tried even specifically with Eliath to be like, let's tone this down. Let's be like, all right, look. This is only in one lane. Now you don't win the game. If you have priority, you just win one lane. Right. And there's like counterplay and stuff. But like. It's still like that. So come up with a design that rewards having priority. That doesn't read win the game. <laughs> like That's that would be that would be my question. How would you do that? How would you do that? Because like if it doesn't read win the game, people won't play it. And if it does read win the game, everyone will hate it. We know that for a fact at this point, like every time there's a priority card that says win the game, arrow, leader, Eliath, people fucking hate it. <laughs> well, what about the, the cards that say when you don't have priority when I mean, they they don't they kind of I agree that that's actually an under discussed thing. Well, turn, is the turn cards that like cards? say when you don't have priority when the game, right? Mm -hmm. Like hit monkey decks. It's an under discussed thing and there does need to be counterplay to it. But like. Those decks do that by playing cards on the board for aiming to win two out of three locations. They are fundamentally playing Marvel Snap. The leader and arrow and Eliath decks are like, actually, we're not playing Marvel Snap. We're playing the game where your cards don't matter. And like, that's the issue is like, how do you make a priority win con that isn't that? Mm. How do you make a win con that cares about priority that isn't something that fundamentally invalidates everything your opponent does? I wonder if uh, if they don't want pri if priority is more of like a just a byproduct of Marvel Snap's game design rather than something they want to be sort of this dexterous skill that people manage at the casual to beginner level of the game. Um, because it does, it, I do agree with Adam here, where you don't really figure it out till later, or people yeah. tell you about it, um, etc. It's 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 actually just not explained to you. So maybe that maybe that's on purpose, but maybe it should maybe it should it be is. explained. Yeah, it is. It, no, it definitely is on purpose. Like it's not something like they tell you. Oh, look at the nameplates, but they don't tell you the mechanics of it. Yeah. Right. The question. And yeah, it's not that it's yeah, complicated. It, well, it's, the thing is, like, it's not that it's complicated. Um, I'm not saying like people are too. And they're not saying, I don't think either, that people are too stupid to understand it or not intelligent enough. But there is there is an aspect of game design where like there's like, oh, this is this this mechanic of our game is not actually very fun, you know? So Mm -hmm. maybe maybe we, we could introduce to our players but it's just like it's like this really tedious other ass other axis you have to yeah. compete on you know Where like it's, it's it's definitely not a fun thing and they don't want like the, their onboarding experience is phenomenal mm -hmm. right so they figure by the time you're really into the game you'll figure it out yeah all right our next one comes from uh fitz yeah, I can't pronounce the last name here or the, I mean, it could just be a gamer tag to be honest. So uh, I'll just say Fitz and they say also totally agree that at, uh, on adding some more end game, doing the daily missions is enough to play to get everything useful from the shop and reach infinite. I would love some actual incentive to do well in conquest rank would be interesting if the game wasn't pay to win, <laughs> but it's the FTP. Okay. Basically, yeah, forget that part. FTP pay to win rank. We can talk about that later, but I want to ask you about end game. Um, 
in Marvel Snap because right now it is hit infinite, compete on the leaderboard, or just do daily missions. I just want to get your thoughts on potential like uh, chain reworks to the conquest system, right? So more conquest incentives actually engage with the system season by season, and also uh, potential for like a limited format, like another format you can engage with. I would love Marvel Snap Limited. I think almost everyone that plays Marvel Snap is nostalgic for the new player experience on some level, like being able to do that. I, I would love a format that was just like, you know, pool to draft or something. That would be that'd be super fun. Be I sweet. would love to be able to do that. Uh, I think in terms of like reworking conquest, like let's talk about why you think that's necessary, because to me, my read on conquest is it is simply not a competitive mode. And it, it was the competitive mode du jour because the latter was infested with bots, right? Mm-hmm. And Conquest was where none of them were. And as soon as ladder leaderboard came out and they got rid of the bots, people actually had something to play for. And I promise you that the better players on the servers are playing in high infinite versus in your conquests for sure every single time. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason and, to play Conquest too, right? I mean, there's no, I mean, if there's a leaderboard that has you know number next to name, like there is actually no reason for the better players to be Conquest. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Conquest is the uh, is the better competitive format? I think I haven't. I could just be bullshitting here. Mm-hmm. This is just my 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 like uh, little idle thought that I've had. I think Conquest rewards traditional card game skills better, while Ladder rewards poker skills better. Makes sense. And what I mean by that is in Conquest, there's a lot of situations where playing to your outs is the play, right? You are locked in, like you're up eight to two and it's a two cube game. So you have to play to your outs and make the smart play, right? Or you're down eight to two and it's a two two cube game. So you just got to win the game in front of you. There's a lot of situations in Conquest where you just have to win the game in front of you and the wagering is taken out of it, right? On ladder, the wagering is never taken out of it. And so playing to your outs, staying in this game to figure out what's going on, all of that that's not really as much of a part of ladder. The betting is what matters. Winning the amount of games that you go in for, right? Winning your games is... I I guess I think the Conquest format introduces more scenarios where the betting doesn't matter, just by definition, because there are some scenarios where the betting doesn't matter, right? Like you're down to your last cube, or your opponent is down to your last cube, and that's where, like, people who played a bunch of traditional card games, I think that's why they like that more, personally. Yeah, I think it also, it just adds another, in in terms of, like, competitive, it adds another layer where it's, like, understanding your opponent's deck, not playing around them, uh, mind gaming, and things like that. Uh, All the stuff that a traditional card gamer loves, right? Like if you're a magic player and you're like, okay, now I know what my opponent is playing. I'm going to crush games two and three. You know, you you like conquest, right? You can't do that on ladder. You feel like ladder is a little bit random, right? Like that's that's it's different skill sets. Yeah. Uh, Back to another part of the question, which is adding in incentives to keep engaging with Conquest. So technically they do this, right? There is a new variant. There's things in the shop, but uh, you don't, it's not the same as like you have to reach some amount of wins. You have to get infinite conquests, et cetera. It's more of a participation kind of like engage with the system. You, you get the variant. Um, 
Would you want to see any more added to like that that end game and competitive aspect of Conquest, oh, or do you no. just think it's perfect where it is? I don't want another fucking thing <laughs> I have to grind. I guess it would have, have to be me? one or the other, right? Or it would just be pain. Yes, like I don't want to have to do two of them. Wait, Come on, I don't now. think you would have to actually, because if they actually if they release two and they were say we have currency of infinite ladder, it it's public. Your name, number, etc. They did the same thing for conquest. One format would just become the defect, the de facto competitive format, and then the other format would def would hold less weight, right? So then, what would the point of doing that be? There would be no point. The player base would okay. simply just go to so one. So we right? have arrived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have arrived in the exact same. Like, so there's no point in doing that then. I think they could just. I think they could add more rewards, cosmetic rewards for performing well in conquests that don't feel like you need to achieve them. You need you need to get them, but if you want to go get another border or get some special variant that you can only get by achieving some hard to reach goal, some aspirational goal, I think that would be cool because you can skip it if you want. Who cares? It's a cosmetic. But right now it's like, oh, well, I got my one infinite border four months ago <laughs> yeah that, that i don't even use i know well now <laughs> it was it, infinite borders and uh, i might make some people angry saying this is like they were cool for like no oh, probably zero hours but maybe 12 hours and then after there that we go. it was like everybody had them <laughs> and then, then, then every, yeah. we know the key metric of people of like a flex or something people want to show off is is actually not how cool it is it's just other people not having it was like pixel yeah, it's exclusivity i remember when pixels were a flex oh yeah don't think i don't don't think i don't remember that shit when pixels were only available if you opened them in collection track boxes at like a five percent chance they were a flex then they're not now because everyone has them <laughs> all right next question comes from matt uh mefford they say question for next week i feel like snap has become less fun because there are more hard counters example i played conquest and didn't have mobius in my deck they ran loki i had to just quit how is that fun uh at least with Ch uh, shang chi it's like can they guess what lane i'm going in when tech cards become mandatory the decks the deck types shrink and the game is not fun period i mean i disagree with the last six words of that probably <laughs> but the rest of it seems kind of on point right like yeah that's an accurate observation of what the meta is there how do you feel right? about hard like, counters and hosers or like you know these hate bear kind of cards I wouldn't have such a problem with Mobius if there were more things that did what he did. But it's just like it's also it's like the thing with Mobius is like it's not his fault. Actually, it's Elsa's fault because Elsa has put the metagame in such a place where it's like, all right, well, look, you don't actually have to run a proactive game plan anymore. You have Elsa. You don't have to for, you don't have to like put rocks in your deck for a Dark Hawk or whatever the fuck. You don't have to play Shuri for a Red Skull and you don't ha you don't need a plan. You just like you need bodies. You need bodies to fill up the Elsa lane, all right? And when you look for the bodies, it's like, all right, so okay, here are the bodies that work well with Elsa, Jeff, Kitty, Nightcrawler, Vision, and then you want some more bodies. So what bodies do you get? You get like the bodies that can free win you games, Luke Cage and Mobius. And it's like, oh, okay, that's very straightforward, right? Uh, you, you get like Luke Cage, you get Mobius, you get Shang-Chi, you get Rogue, because you don't have to care about the actual power impact of these cards because they're getting buffed to high heaven by Elsa Bloodstone. You have you have a 211 right like you have a you have a 215 so the rest of your deck can just take the day off and be good when it has to be good mm. 
Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I mean, I I like the I agree with Caden here. Where it's like I like the tech cards and the counterplay of tech cards, but when you add in and again, Caden was uh, was also alluding to playing a game of Conquest, which is like that's a commitment. You're committing to a set of games, and when there's a very powerful hate bear card like Mobius, and you have to what appears or maybe it might be an objective fact that you have to just kind of give that game up. That sucks. That's actually pretty. Well, bad. what he's talking about is he didn't bring Mobius and his opponent was playing Loki and he just died. Yeah. And that's 100 percent true. That'll absolutely happen to you. Do not leave home without the guy if you just died a Loki like you just can't do it. And that does suck because it does constrict deck building. It constricts deck building to decks that can reasonably run Mobius. But like the reason deck building is constricted is because of Elsa, too, because it's like. Do you have a better idea than doing this? Like, do you have a better idea than a bunch of tech cards and a bunch of free points? Because I doubt that you do. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm keen to see where they take the design of cards like Mobius in the future and think because I don't hate the card uh, on paper, I guess, like when it was first published and Loki was like a very published released uh and look he's a very powerful deck i was like okay th- that seems fine right <laughs> also i thought the card was just not going to be good enough against loki because you have the you have the better uh sort of f- uh objective paradigm right like basically your it, deck it is powerful isn't yeah like, it kind of isn't good enough against loki yeah, right? yeah you have like, the better you have the you have the better paradigm right like it's like if your deck literally is just you have the best deck your deck is going to do powerful things this your your opponent has to draw this card and it doesn't 100 percent beat you but they also need to get it like at the right turn and like they're jumping through yep. hoops you're not you're just doing your thing yes you always want to be yes. that guy <laughs> you always want to be that guy uh anyway next question comes from oh yeah, that was kind of it but i mean next one comes from richie they they basically just say i had a thought about a five location game mode with 20 card decks and a card like doom uh would be locations next to where he's played and i was thinking about different kind of game modes how they can work in snap so one thing i'll say richie is like that one's probably probably off the table just because of um actual uh, limitations in the client right that would be a lot for them but i want to get your thoughts cam on alternate game i know we talked about limited already but is there are alternate game modes a thing that you could see happening in snap you want to happen in snap like like even think about hearthstone yeah hearthstone has that um the tavern or whatever what, I don't know. They just like shake up the game. Are you talking about battlegrounds? No, not battlegrounds. Oh, you talking about tavern brawls? <laughs> yeah, tavern you're talking brawls. about tavern brawls. Well, Magic okay. has it too. Magic, Magic Arena, where it's like, oh, you get to play this week, and you can get a cosmetic, and it's like omniscience yeah. deck or whatever, and you get to play. No, that'd be cool. What? That'd be cool. Uh, I think what Snap does is try to replicate that with hot locations, mm-hmm. and I think the issue with that is they make the hot locations mandatory, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like if you're playing, you have to play with the stupid location if it, if it is a stupid one. Like if you oh, you didn't want to play against every green goblin deck in existence. You shouldn't have queued up when uh, the bar sinister was uh, the hot location. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> like, mm. I think that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been pretty anti hot and featured locations. I think, you know, perhaps if they made them like weekly events with a cosmetic reward or like in tavern brawls where you get like a pack or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that would be nice. Right. Yep. I think most people don't like hot locations. Let us know if you if you like them. Um, I, I like them in the beginning. I'll tell you. Oh, I didn't I didn't like them, but I thought they were interesting in the beginning with like back in the day when the infinite climb was really hard. Um for some reason, I was just like getting the same seven to ten people. I would, 
I would actually enjoy when I would get a respite from that experience. It was a new hot location and I could just go get a broken deck before everybody else did and cheese a few wins. That that was a cool that was a cool idea at first, but then I remember getting um the one that effectively like Mr. Negatives your deck. I remember pl- playing that the on the, Yes. <laughs> that was the weekend that I remember there's like uh, OP uh One Piece regionals and I was like hanging out at that event seeing some friends. And it was just like the most garbage thing I've ever played in my life. So I think a hot locations oh, outside. Damn, you don't need to be that harsh on One Piece, man. Come on. Uh One Piece is One Piece is <laughs> I, I don't play One you Piece. You said it was the most garbage thing you've ever played in your life. No, man. playing the peak. Playing peak was the most no, garbage I'd- thing in my life. <laughs> You just completely no sold that man. Right. I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to like controversy farm. Brent, Brendan Patrick says One Piece TCG is the worst card game he's ever played in his life. Oh, trust me, I, I've got, I've got controversies for days when it comes to hot takes about card games. But unfortunately, One Piece is actually a pretty good game. Bandai. Wait, while while, I, while I've got you here, I, I saw you made a post like over under this card will be played in the best deck, right? So it's a meme, and I wanted to ask you. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. It's a meme. Okay, so you do know how over-unders work, right? Yes. Okay. Is that the meme? So the meme is, basically, there's a deck in Flesh and Blood right now which just rotated out, but they basically, okay. it, it has reached Living Legend, a system that you are very fond of. Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, it's very cool. But it will not leave the format until right before the World Championships. That being said, that this weekend... Stupid. Well, it, it's fine. This This weekend, there was a tournament where that hero was legal... And that hero did not win. And there was a commanding performance out of another hero that just got an upgrade in the newest set. And the big meme, or like the meme is that like, you know, of course, everybody's now on Twitter complaining about banning that hero and and the new hero to hate is sort of already on the menu. And then Brian Gottlieb, lead designer of Flesh and Blood, tweeted that picture of Ben Affleck smoking the cigarette outside. Just like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. sure. Absolutely. So. But my, my question, my question remains. You tweeted over under. Oh, this card will appear in the world in the world championship winning deck. And my question to you is. Do you know how over unders work? The thing is, is like, I I think so. But now you're making me question. Okay, so when you say over under, there needs to be a number that you pick over or under. So the over under the under is it's not in the deck list. The over is it's in the deck list. That's not how over under. That's how they work. That's how they work. Hundred (laughs) percent. Under 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 is the binary zero, and over is the binary one. (laughs) But you don't hang out. You don't hang out at enough convention centers. This is this is this is this is card gamer terminology. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the meme basically there is that. I don't know, this card that exists in a deck that won the tournament is going to the World Championship deck because it's new. No, 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 I got that. I really like I was really just focused on the over under thing. Well, I'll tell tell you copies. How many copies? Because like that's the thing, like how many copies of that card go in a deck is that you could be like over under four that that you could say you could actually you see where I'm going with this, right? I'll tell you what, Cam, you could you could ask me questions about anything that exists in this universe in that fashion. And I would probably question my reality of whether it was true or not. You got me scared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like you know what over under me I was like shit I thought I did <laughs> are you sure <laughs> I was like what's going on like, I, re- I read that tweet and I was like I, I, I like it, it's the like idiot because like now I, I watch a lot of sports and if you watch a lot of sports you're inundated with like gambling terminology so I just know all this stuff now right mm-hmm. like I didn't know what an over under was five years ago I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that shout out to uh, bleep these names out. Yeah. DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for fucking making that the thing that I know now. <laughs> but 
But like, yeah. So I like I saw that and I was like, is that part of the joke or is this like I don't have? I couldn't figure it out. The jokes, the jokes out. like an onion, bro. It's just got layers. It's peeling it back. Okay, what's that reference? I Shrek. There you go. Oh, champ. All right, you ready to cook? I got, How old I got do la- you think I am? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I got a last... I, we're cooking with this last question. I was actually messed up okay. earlier, too. We're talking about the Mobius Are question. Are cooking with an onion? Not quite. We we're talking about Matt's okay. question, not Caden's. Caden's is a bit more spicy. So Caden Johnson says, okay. Marvel Snap Hot Take. That's that's how you should preference every question you ask us, by the way. Because yep. that's that's what yeah, I that like. That doesn't even sound like a question. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> There's a period at the end here. <laughs> I, think, awesome. I think given the current meta... That Silver Surfer should be reverted back to its old form, giving you three three cost cards plus three. The reason why it was so good in the past was because of the current power level. And with Sarah taking a small dip from the meta share due to Mobius, as well as Shadow King, I think a lot more decks could handle Silver Surfer in its original form. So hashtag buff Silver Surfer or revert the nerf. Okay, I have made this proposal before as a joke. But I want you to keep in mind exactly how much we complain about Elsa Bloodstone. And do you remember the part of the podcast, like probably 20, 30 minutes ago, where I was like, you don't need more Elsa Bloodstones. You actually need less Elsa Bloodstones. And what you've proposed here, sir, is what if we made second Elsa Bloodstone? Hell yeah. I mean, so like KM best yeah, like, thief know. of joy, uh, game designer <laughs> of no fun. You want to turn every what if we made what if we just made everything into Elsa Bloodstone? Yeah, sure. Why? Yeah. Why not? Why not make Zabu give a power to your four cost cards, too? Sure. Fuck it. Why, whatever. Man. Like, no, I, I, I think that Silver Surfer is the kind of deck that it's good to have around in a format because it tends to keep a lot of bullshit down. But it had the same issue that El- I don't know how people forget this. Like the thing that made Silver Surfer so fucking annoying was that it was a very powerful points deck that ran Cosmo and armor. So you just had proactive shit too, right? Like armor wasn't even a card the deck needed. It just ran it to screw over any Death Wave deck that was trying to like blow up a Bucky, right? Mm. It was like it could just do that. It could do that again, right? Like you just like play whatever you play. Like what was the curve? It's like Iceman armor. One other two drop of your choice people played goose it was never good uh and then like threes right and and it's like okay why would you want that back why would you want another deck full of proactive annoying ass fucking tech cards that get three more power than they should ever reasonably have on a very consistent basis, except instead of having to draw that card and play it on turn two, you can just draw it on turn six and it works fucking retroactively. You think that uh, Silver Surfer would be the best deck if it said plus three? Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I. What, do you think you wouldn't play Elsa in it too? What are we fucking talking about here? All right, let's 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 put some constraints on it. You can't play Elsa on the <laughs> like, Surfer deck or something. I don't you can't know. Play, why why can't I play Elsa on the Surfer deck? Know. What are we talking we're about li- here? We're living I'm in about to, Christmas brother, time. brother, I am about to I am about to fucking go like Elsa into Brood into Jeff. It fucking move the Jeff over, start playing visions there, then my final turn is a bunch of broken shit. Dude, I like what are we talking about here? Yeah. Yes, it would be insane. It would be completely insane. It'd be decent, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a word. 
I love the Marvel Snap hot takes. Hit us with them next week. We'll get them, we'll get them queued up. But yeah, thank you all so much for your questions. Um, it's great. Like we appreciate it so 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 much. So if you want to get your question right out in next week's podcast, shoot us in the shoot us shoot it to us. I always like stumble over this one in the YouTube comments below. Maybe because it's midnight. Um, and thank you again for the questions. All right, Cam. Uh, over under over oh, under. Jesus what Christ. time is it right now? Over under. Yep. That you'd be surprised. That wouldn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people that play card okay. games. Okay. Over under. Does that make sense? Yeah. Over. It makes sense. See? It's just a, it's a fa- it's a false it's false negative kind of thing. Oh, oh. Okay. Best X in the format. What did you learn from playing so much during Twitch drops? What What are you looking at right now? Yeah, what, go what? go. To, okay, what I learned is if you have ten dollars, go buy Elsa Bloodstone. I am paid two thousand gold a month by Marvel Snap. I have to legally disclose that because I just said go buy Elsa Bloodstone. But if you have ten dollars, go get the stupid card. It's stupid. It's it's big. It's a very very big large card. She does points, and then you win games because she does points. Well, and if uh, if you're like, well, what kind of deck do I put her in? I put her in a deck like this. Kitty Pride, Maria Hill, Snowguard, Angela, Elsa Bloodstone, Mirage, Jeff, Mobius, Rogue, Loki, Shang-Chi, America Chavez. Yep. So let's take the cake you know for how you. many points she does here? How she many? does so many points. She does so many points. I'm not even going to make the over-under joke. I was, I was kind of yeah, setting up. Say, what's the over-under on her points? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to make the joke, but... She does so many points that you can cut collector. That's messed up. How that's just like that's just a messed up thing that you're like, oh, this this combination that dominated the metagame. We don't actually need it. We've got plenty of points to spare. Let's just play more tech instead. Mm. By what order of magnitude is this the best deck? Um, I don't even know if it is an order of magnitude. The Thanos deck is exists and is good. It's uh, not not good into this, but like it exists and is a good deck. It's fine. Uh, and then it's like, OK, the question you're asking is basically by what order of magnitude is this better than Elsa move? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the answer is an order of magnitude, right? <laughs> like it, 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 it shit stomps that deck. It's a much better deck. And it like that's this is the thing about the Loki deck. It's not just that it wins the mirrors against the other mid-range Elsa decks because you're a Loki deck. It's that when you are a Loki deck, you get to build your deck better, which is to say, look at all those one drops you have. Your best case scenario for Elsa in every case is you get her active on turn three by going one drop, two drop, Elsa Kitty. That's your best one, right? It only gets better than that if you go one drop, two drop, Kitty Jeff, right? That and this, 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 the second, two, the first two drop is Elsa, right? That's the best thing you can do. And all the other Elsa decks, they don't have the luxury of running all these one drops, right? They have to like care about shit like card quality and all that. And you don't because you're Loki. You don't have to care about that at all. You don't have to care about your card quality. You just get their cards. You turn your Maria Hill bullshit, your Snow Guard bullshit into their cards. Who gives a shit, right? So you get to play three one drops in your Elsa deck, which is better than every other Elsa deck. And you get to win the mirrors because you're the Loki deck because it shits on mid range mirrors. So it's just like it's it's not just that you win mirrors. It's that being this version of the deck lets you be a better Elsa deck. I will die on the hill. Elsa's overtuned. 
That's it. That that it's el- that's not my hill, by wow. the way. That's not what my a hill. Brave that, stand. That's, that's not brave my hill. Stand. I was caveating before my hill. My hill that I will die on, that I've died on since literally before this card came out, is that Loki is fundamentally broken. That card is wow. Another another brave stand from from Brendan Patrick. That is a brave stand. <laughs> that is that is, is brave. It? It's shockingly brave well sure? <laughs> i mean people are coming around i've been saying this for weeks but you you can't tell okay. me like you you can't unironically say the statement they're like oh you just play their cards but for cheaper and it's like there's no world where that would ever be fine okay balanced fair fun etc i mean fun in is another what, game it would be balanced in another game where like because again like the issue with loki coming at it from another game perspective is like you know a lot of the times the cards your opponent plays are useless to you in other games because there are like different types of strategies. So you end up with a hand of counter spells in your like aggro deck or whatever. But in this game, they all do the same thing. So fuck it. Just take their cards and do it for cheaper. Hmm. I'm trying to think if it like, yeah, it, I mean, so it's definitely broken in flesh and blood. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Is it actually? Yeah. You flesh and blood is a quantitatively balanced game. Every card is balanced off of a, of a, of a base of a base equation they all sort of add up to the same Wait, number seriously yes so flesh and blood is the mo- flesh and blood is not a card game it is a game of arithmetic and it is dominated by geniuses i think i mean it's just like i don't know that sounds that sounds snobby to say but it, it is one of these games that's starting to piss me off because <laughs> there's like a new draft format that came out it's all one class it's all the same set so basically every card is draftable there's no more like getting cut off which you're like oh it'd be so good that was the downside of flesh and blood no so the, it's a it, <laughs> it's terrible because now you can play every card and every card is literally just math you actually don't play the you, you you're not you, there's no context-based decisions it's just a fatigue-based attrition deck format where you just try to go plus one or plus two over your opponent and it's actually very skillful the issue is that it it's hard in a bad it way. It fucking sucks. Yes. Yeah, like what you're describing it's, it's is hard. a game that it's, sucks. It's really challenging. Like, it's really challenging. Sucks. I'll tell you. Why am I doing why am I doing math problems for fun? Yeah. And then unfortunately, so the thing is, is like flesh and blood, and I don't want to riff too hard because I know we're talking about Marcel, but flesh and blood for a long time for years was like this. Um people evaluate it very context first, and they value second, etc. And we this we'll talk about this iteration, and this happens in every card game. But then one guy came along, a current world champion, who was just like, Oh, you just have to this this many cards, this much value, it's it's overrate by this 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 point, and then it just completely shifted the entire paradigm of the the whole the community and now everybody looks at cards and builds decks and plays the game based off math which it was obvious at first but it wasn't math first context second it was context then math and now it is just math and these it's the new draft for yeah anyway i even forgot where we're going from but it's one thing that's killing me on flesh and blood because like it actually makes me feel washed up like i tried to play i played in a pod today uh i was casting the this well you you might you might be though right i'm probably washed when i say it made me feel like i was washed up i I meant to say it it made it very clear (laughs) i was washed up (laughs) which was frustrating um but yeah it's uh I totally forgot where I was because I just blacked out on flesh and blood. Math. Yeah, you just, you just, you just, you just went, man. That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. I got that, that was, that I was got, some of my favorite 
That yeah. was some of my favorite content we've ever done. I got that was, yeah, that I got was, dizzy. You know the tunnel vision. I, I did. That was amazing. <laughs> that right. was that was so fucking cool. I honestly wonder that about Marvel Snap sometimes too. It's like, well, we're just doing math. It'll get there. <laughs> like, It'll get there. We're counting to twelve. It'll get there. I pr- I promise. So the one thing that isn't math is Loki. Loki's not math. Loki is a is a philosophical imperative over your opponent, where you just like I play your cards but better. <laughs> Okay, that's a good thing to do. That's a that's a good thing to do. Elsa is math. You have a two eleven in your you have a two eleven in your deck. Your opponent plays a two two. It's a joke. Like it's not close. <laughs> like um, it, it is a joke. Yeah. Yes, Marvel Snap will it will get there, but d- because it's a digital game and because they stretch design so much with things like Loki, things like Alia, things like these tech cards that blow up cards. Like that doesn't happen in other games. And those counter spells are like a an analog of a, like a Shang Chi or something, kind of or. Anyway, I mean, it does have another game. It's like Shang Chi is like ravenous chupacabra, right? Yeah, like almost exactly. There's there's a magic reference for y'all. It's yeah. a two BB destroy target creature ETB two two. It's a dog. It comes down. It kills something, and it has a body. Yeah. yeah, and like everyone lost their shit when it came out, and it it's still just like, why did they do this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, ravenous chupacabra like, exists in Lorcana. It's just nine mana effectively <laughs> right it has there's like if i recall correctly it's like unrestricted too like shang chi has a restriction and it's just like uh, this just kills the thing that's it that's it's, it kills the thing enjoy your value trade <laughs> literally just value trade on a stick it's so cool yeah and if us talking about all these other games i don't think nothing to do with marvel snap made you think about thanos well i got a thanos list for you it's daredevil elsa bloodstone psylocke jeff mobius shang chi blue marvel devil dinosaur professor x vision alioth thanos so you said this deck is competitive it's good yeah yeah it's uh i mean <laughs> Okay, let's have the conversation. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, this this innovative Thanos text. Yeah, of course it is. It runs Elsa. What are we fucking talking about? <laughs> hey, it doesn't run Loki okay. though. It doesn't play your cards but right. for cheaper. That that's pretty impressive. The, the main strategy, the main advantage that Thanos has is it has the most diverse selection of endgame options available and that makes it just very very difficult to play around right your opponent that just snapped you after playing time stone on three is that a professor x or is that a vision is that a vision dino Eliath? is that what's happening here are you getting professor x how do you play around each of them what if they play that dino on four and then you're like okay well i want to shang chi that later and then they professor x the dino lane are you dead like their their end game suite is so diverse right they have the giant idiot they have the board wide buff they have the uh guy that doesn't die to shang chi and goes everywhere they have the guy that locks down lanes they have the guy that blows up everything you played right that like their end game suite of fives and sixes is just like oh my god there's so much shit i have to deal with here and playing around all of them is borderline impossible and so that is the main advantage that Thanos brings to bear. Other than, of course, it plays Elsa. So, you know, it plays Elsa, Jeff and Vision and a bunch of stones. And like, yeah, that that's also pretty fucking good. It's just impressive to me that like if, if this it's impressive to me, the deck is uh, the, 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 there are decks that are competitive, playable and good against against Loki because uh, Loki. It's not good against Loki. No, I want to be clear. This has a bad Loki matchup. 
legitimately a bad Loki matchup. It's why I run Daredevil, because it's like when I play Loki, it's like that is the scariest goddamn card to see. Mm -hmm. It's like I see a Daredevil. It's like, oh, my fucking God. But if. In a general sense, my God, this has a terrible Loki matchup because they play the card Loki and you're an 18 card deck, so you might not have gotten Mobius. And then they just play your four energy blue Marvel. And you're just like, why did I fucking put anything good in my deck? Right. <laughs> it's got a bad Loki matchup. That's that's pretty undeniable at this point. And but it's still good. It's still a good deck. Mm hmm. So funny to me that Marvel Snap is like so careful with making cards that make it so your opponent can't play their cards, blow up locations. I know Professor X still exists, but you know, they are really careful about these bad gameplay experiences. But when a Loki is played against you, the what you just said is a hilarious question for a player to ask himself is like, God damn it, why did I put these good cards in my deck? I should have put yeah, bad cards. Why am in I not my deck. playing Phoenix Force, yeah. dude? Why did I not give them a hand of like Taskmaster, Human Torch, and Forge? Fuck. <laughs> that is just hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, free to play hero, Shuri. Zero, Ebony Maw, Armor, Mobius, Lizard, Sauron, Shuri, Typhoid Mary, Taskmaster, Vision, Red Skull, America Chavez. I mean, this is sort of tried and true at this point. Shuri's it's been the same deck it's always been. Mm -hmm. I think you probably want Luke Cage over Mobius now, but I have Mobius in there because I fucking hate Loki. But yeah, like you want, if you're running a Shadow King, you make that swap. It's pretty much the same. They're they're not exactly the same card, but in the context of this deck, it's like, you know, pick which matchup you hate more and then run the tech card that's good against it. Mm. All right. Well, those are our lists. Cam, I don't have the notes to like ask you mm. this question because it requires a lot of notes, but there is an upcoming card. I, li uh, I literally. Oh, Nico. Yes. Yeah. So here, I bet I, I bet I can do it from memory. Hold on. Okay, All right. Okay. Let me see if I can do Isn't it from like memory. 12. Uh, there's seven. Okay. So number one, she turns a thing into a demon. Number two, she destroys a thing and draws you two cards. Number three, she moves a thing like Iron Fist. Number four, she gives the next card you play two power. Number five, she gives herself two power. Number six is Scarlet Witch. Uh, I'm blanking on the seventh. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I swear. It's something very, very obvious. It's like a really obvious one. It's I'm not going to get it. Actually. I'm going to take just, the under on you getting that. I don't have it. I told you yep. I didn't have the notes. Oh, 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 OK. I actually I actually do have it. Hold on. <laughs> OK, so I'm going to hit you with the Marvel Snap hot take. Uh, Den, our friend Den, said that this is like a. Oh, 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 oh. OK, so so. What it is, is it adds a copy of it to your hand. That's the one that's the really obvious one. The next card, it adds a copy to your hand. And I got one wrong. I said it adds two power to herself. It actually doubles her power. But like, let's be real. It's adding two power because she's two power. Maybe. Anyway, continue. All right. Dan said it's uh, it's the second coming of Thanos. Your thoughts? Agree. Agree. Expand. It's insane in Thanos. In Thanos. Every single one of those things is unbelievable. So is that the main use case for this card slot in a Thanos? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, like here, let me let me walk you through them, right? Turning your next card into a demon. Congratulations. That reality stone, it's got six power now. Uh, after you play your next card, destroy it and draw two cards. Well, that's obviously ridiculous in Thanos, which has an insane amount of disposable bodies that do nothing. Uh, after you play your next card, move it one location to the right. Do you know who really likes cards being moved out of a full lane is Elsa Bloodstone. 
that's something, isn't it? Uh, after you play your next card, give it plus two power. Okay, she's a one four. Uh, after you play your next card, do Scarlet Witch. Yeah, so this lets you do Scarlet Witch on locations like Nowhere, mm-hmm. right? Or even locations like Sanctum Sanctorum with a Jeff. As long as you can put a card there, it will go off. Mm-hmm. And that's nuts. The floor, right? the floor on that ability is fundamentally favorable to the player playing it because you will have mm-hmm. information on three locations and you are rolling a location to like base neutral. Uh, so like you see your worst yeah. location and re-roll it. Uh... After you play your next card, add a copy of it to your hand. You know what's really good if you have two of them Hmm. is Elsa Bloodstone. And you know what's good if you have two of them in a situation where you've already played your Elsa Bloodstone is uh, a Jeff that just got an Elsa Bloodstone buff. Like that, that seems pretty strong to me there too. Uh, And then after you play your next card, double this card's power. That one's just, oh, she's a one four. Mm -hmm. Any decks, not Thanos that you're thinking about putting this in. Ah, uh, like Phoenix Force type stuff, but I feel like she goes best in Thanos because it's the deck that has all this flexibility, right? I mean, like, uh, honestly, with what I just ran through, I, I mean, like, doing stuff like drawing two cards off a card or doing stuff like duplicating your Elsa. Like, duplicating your Elsa is so fucked up, you might run her in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's that's actually insane. Like, duplicating your Elsa is like, oh, 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 man. Obviously, she's like a new kind of card. Uh, It's hard to evaluate a card with this much built in. But as far as I understand it, she goes through the seven sort of randomly. So you end up in a situation where you can be like, all right, it's turn six. I've had Nico in hand since turn one. It's either going to be X or Y. And they're like, I don't know. I think I think the other thing that people aren't thinking about with this card is. You know what your Nico is, but your opponent does not know to play around it. Mm. And so there's a bunch of snap equity there where it's like, what the fuck are they possibly snapping on? And it's just like some esoteric Nico bullshit, right? <laughs> like Nico allowed you to put four more power on a location than you expected because she uh, was able to turn something into a demon, right? Just just some weird final turn shit. I kind of think she's awesome. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Will she help the Loki matchup at all? Oh, no. Unless she makes the deck like really broken. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'll be honest, having two Elsa's very helpful with that. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I, I mean, I, I kind of would try her in Loki, right? Because it's like, okay, I mean, it's a one drop. What do she, I care about? She it? seems like she goes into most decks. Like, actually, so the thing is, like, I think the, the, the biggest trap with Nico is like, just hyper context evaluation where you're like, okay, Nico, Phoenix Force deck. I play my Bucky Barnes. I do this broken stuff. Yeah. He blows up. But mo- that is broken. Yeah, it is. Fair. It is. But the thing is with Nico, I feel like most of the outcomes with Nico are actually are just, good. they're above rate. They're just above rate. Yep. A lot of them are above rate. I, I guess the. The question is like, what deck can weave her in? And Thanos seems like the most obvious answer to that. Cause like Thanos is a deck where it's just like, you just sort of take game actions mm-hmm. and then on like turn five or six, you start making real decisions. Right. But like the first three turns of the game are just like, I'm playing one drops and drawing cards and she fits in great there. 
Fascinating card. Really, really keen to see how that one plays out. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely the one I'm most excited for. Uh, anyway, Cam, anything else to end on this week? Uh, retrospective on Twitch drops, retrospective on the week. Looking forward to just Nico. Twitch drops aren't even over. I will be fucking streaming like a madman for uh, Nico release. How so. long are they going for? I thought they were. I guess I guess uh, I end on the 30th. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a grind, yeah. brother. <laughs> Enjoy that. I know. I know. <laughs> Enjoy that. All right. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Sweet. Well, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, you can leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. They all work. And it's the number one thing you do to help us out. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Hit that subscribe while you're there. Brennan APG, KMS on Twitter. Again, if you want to get your question read out next week, YouTube comments below. Ben is snap section. KM. Your schedule, actually, your schedule—it's going to be a different answer this week. Usually, it's the same answer. I mean, I, I stream evenings. That's what I'm guaranteed to be on. I may or may not start earlier or go later, but evenings, I'll be streaming Marvel Snap. Awesome! Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.